This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We're speaking today about Sfirat Omer for women. Sfirat Omer is obviously a mitzvah taseh, shazman koma, which means it's bound to time. It comes only at a certain time after Pesach. That is the time that you are obligated to count the Omer. And because of that, it's called Mitzvah Taseh Shasman Goma. It's known that the Gemara learns that women are exempt from Mitzvah Taseh Shasman Goma. There's different reasons why the Torah said that women should not or aren't obligated to fulfill the Mitzvah Taseh Shasman Goma. But regardless, it is the conclusion of the Gemara, and this is the Alakha. The women are only obligated in mitzvot aseh she'en azman grama, anything that's not bound to time, or any mitzvot lot aseh, a violation. Violation, women are obligated in everything. They're not allowed to do any of the loving. They're not allowed to speak Lashon HaRa. They're not allowed to steal. They're not allowed to betray. We're talking about mitzvot aseh, fulfilling a mitzvah. Fulfilling a mitzvah, it depends what kind of mitzvah we're talking about. If it's a mitzvah that's bound to time, they are exempt from that mitzvah. Now, before we even deal with the question of the Omer, Sfirata Omer, that it's Mitzvah Tashash Azman Goma, we just want to touch on the on a very interesting Rashi, and it's not only the opinion of Rashi, but Rashi mainly, that says in a couple of places that women are not allowed to do Mitzvah Tashash Azman Goma. If they have a Mitzvah Tashash that the Torah says that they are exempt from that mitzvah, women would not be allowed to decide and do that mitzvah. No. Rashi says in Rosh Hashanah and Gimel, and I'm quoting, they're completely exempt from blowing the shofar or hearing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. Why is that? Mark. Since blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah is a mitzvah taseh, it comes once a year. And anything that comes on a certain date is mitzvah taseh shazman gama. Women are exempt. So Rashi says, Pturot legamre, shemitzvot taseh shazman gama, v'chitak i'ikabal tosif. Rashi tells us over here, the insight, the women violate the issue of bal tosif. Do not add on the laws of the Torah. The Torah says one is not allowed to add or deduct from the mitzvot of the Torah. If you add a mitzvah to the mitzvot of the Torah, you are violating a sur bal tosif. If you deduct, I'll give an example. If a person wears tefillin, and he wears, he puts his pair of tefillin that he has, four parshiot in it, he puts instead of four, he puts five. He wants to be extra religious. Instead of having the four parshiot in the tefillin, he puts an extra one. He puts another parasha that he loves. If he finds a certain parasha in the Torah, Sarat Adibot, he puts that, he writes it in the cloth, and he puts it into the tefillin. That's called Valtosif. He added something on the mitzvah, and one is not allowed. The, the Torah teaches us about the mitzvot, which is perfect. You don't need to do anything. When you add, you're showing that something is not perfect here because you found a better way to do things. Torah is perfect. Mitzvot are perfect. Asadosh Buhu is perfect. You don't need to add anything. Same thing, obviously, by deducting. You take one of the parashiot out and you wear three parashiot. That's not permitted. But one is allowed to wear two pairs of tefillin. Let's say you want to put two pairs of tefillin. Not Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. Two Rashi. Two Rashi. Or, for instance, he wants to wear it again. 
Well, actually, it could be the question. But let's say he wants to wear over and over again. Like, for example, he wants to wear the Rashi together. Rashi in Rabbeinu Tam, we spoke about this in length. There's a question of Baltosif. Because maybe you're putting over here something together where it's not supposed to be there. But two pairs of Rashi he wants to wear at the same time. Or he wants to wear two pairs of Tzitziot. That's not Baltosif. Why not? Or the spot over there in Rosh Hashanah explains that Baltosif doesn't uh, doesn't uh, go on putting, doing the mitzvah over and over again. If you do the mitzvah over and over again, you repeat it, or even you put another pair of that mitzvah over and over again, that's not a violation of the Torah in any way, and that's fine. One could uh, repeat the mitzvot even at the same time. But if he takes the talit, let's say, which has four corners, and he adds another it fits into it, and now he has five strings. Instead of four strings, that would be a violation of bal tosif. Whatever it is, Rashi tells us that when a woman fulfills her mitzvah of blowing a shofar, she's, she's violating the issue of bal tosif, and that's not permitted. Same thing we can draw to Sirat Omer. Since women are pursuing from Sirat Omer, it's mitzvah to say she's not it's bound to time. Because of that, a woman could be, according to us, she would not be allowed to count the Omer, even if she does it voluntarily. She can't do it. Why? And she'll violate Baltosif. She says the same thing in Eruvim, Sadikvav, over there. The Gemara speaks about Michal. Michal, Aita Manachat Filin. Over there. Uh, the Gemara speaks about Michal, that um, she was the daughter of Shaul, and she she put on tefillin. Now, women don't put tefillin, because the Gemara says, the halacha says, the, the, the Ramah brings down, that since their body is not always clean, and because of that, they don't wear tefillin. But in reality, a woman is allowed to wear tefillin. There's no excuse for a woman to wear tefillin. Maybe you would say it's mitzvah tashem shazman gama. You wear it only during the day and at the night. The Gvara says over there in Eruvim Tzadik Vav that no, mitzvah tefillin is not mitzvah tashem shazman gama. Mitzvah tefillin could be fulfilled with the right even at night. And there's no time to tefillin. We don't say that Laila loves man tefillin. We don't say that at night. The Torah says don't wear the tefillin. It's only with the Rabbanan that they restricted wearing tefillin at night because at night a person goes to sleep and his body uh, at the time that he's relaxed and he's sleeping could do things that are not so clean. So Chachamim said one should not wear tefillin at night. But Midoraita, a person is allowed to wear tefillin at night. Because of that, although one can ask on Shabbat, Shabbat is not time of tefillin. It's a big sugiyah, whatever it is. I just want to get to the point that Rashi says over there that the haveket tosefet al divret Torah shepadra nashim mimitzvat ase shazman grama. This is how Rashi brings over there. That's a quote from Rashi, which means it's you look at mitzvat ase shazman grama. Since women are patur from that mitzvah, not. Only the depatu, but rather they also are obligated not to do that mitzvah. It's a violation of the Torah. If you do that, and the violation is called, as she says, ketosefet al divret Torah. You add to the Torah, or in the words of Rashi in Rosh Hashanah, ikabal tosif. You're adding mitzvot on the Torah, which is not permitted.
permitted. Now, on that, some want to make a chiluk. That's the agur that the Bet Yosef brings in Tafku Petet. He wants to make a chiluk. It depends if a woman makes a beracha or she doesn't say a beracha. The agur says that if she didn't say a beracha, it seems like she's just wearing it. Uh, but if she says a beracha, that's more indicating that she's commended. Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav, HaKadosh Baruch Hu commended us to wear tefillin, paniach tefillin. That more, uh, more sounds like she's obligated, and with that, she'll violate the mitzvot uh, baltosif. Let's see the words of the, 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 the Agur, the Bet Yosef brings in Tafku Petet, the following. Ketav Agur b'shem Obenu Yeshaya, dafka belo bracha shari lau l'enashim litkoa le'atzmam. A woman is allowed to blow the shofar, only if she does it without a bracha. Why is it that they say a bracha? They say bracha, obviously, because they're obligated. And the Agur says two things. He says there's two violations here. First of all, she's violating Baltosif as Rashid Torah. And secondly, there's a bracha levatala by saying such a bracha, which we'll touch right now, which is the bracha levatala. But we see that point that he takes the agur a little bit with a twist from Rashi. Rashi says she's always violating Baltosif. The agur says not only if she says a bracha, because then she, 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 when she says a bracha, she says it outright, that she's commended, or whatever it is. When we come to the sugiya of bracha, so that's the sugiya. The first sugiya we spoke about is the sugiya. There's a woman, is a woman obligated not to fulfill any mitzvot she gama. And there's a machloket, the spot says. She's permitted lemaisel, halacha lemaseh, halacha is not like Rashi, like Deagur. Halacha is like the spot and majority of the Rishonim that a woman could do a mitzvah tasesh azman gama without hesitation. By the way, there's an exception over here when we're dealing with Spirat Omer because according to the Kabbalah, a woman should not say Spirat Omer at all, which means although in other things a woman is permitted to do the mitzvah, whether she needs to do a bracha or not, we'll see in a second. But let's say a woman wants to hear Tkiyat Shofar. We see that women go to, to hear Tkiyat Shofar. Let's say a woman wants to sit in a sukkah, they're allowed to sit in the sukkah, and so on and so forth. Whenever a woman wants to do mitzvah, she wants to shake the lulav, she's permitted to shake the lulav. Not like the opinion that we brought from Rashi. But the question is, is she allowed to say bracha or not? We spoke about this already in the past many times. There's machloket, rambam and the rosh, rambam and tosfot, and the tur, mainly... Uh, Ashkenaz poskim that say that she's permitted to say bracha, and the Rambam says that she can't, with the poskim sforadim that say that she can't say bracha. He goes all the way down to Machloket, Shulchan Aruch, and the Rema. According to Shulchan Aruch, the woman is not permitted to say bracha. According, if she decided to do the mitzvah, let's say over here, she wants to say Shulchan Aruch. Can she say bracha? No, the halacha would say she is not permitted to say bracha. According to the Ashkenazim, could be that she's permitted. Normally, when she makes a mitzvah to say shasman gama, like shaking the lulav, sitting in the sukkah, or so on, uh, hearing the shofar, she's allowed to say the bracha. Over here, 
Can she say the bracha? It's another sugiya. Over here, it opens up another sugiya for Ashkenazim. Can a woman say bracha on something that's only words? We see by Havdalah, women don't say Havdalah. Why women don't say Havdalah? The Magen Avraham says it's only words. Although normally a woman could say brachot on mitzvah over here it's only words. But let's just touch on the main machloket. Machloket, the Rambam and the Tosfot. Does a woman say bracha on mitzvah Tosfot says Why is it? that women should not say because when they say it sounds to be a sheker, a lie she says something that's not truthful what is she saying? or, or whether it's a different mitzvah or whatever it is the question that Rabbeinu Tam presents is, how could she say, Shokichanu b'mitzvotav, lishmoa kol shofar HaKadosh Buhu did commend her that everybody agrees that she's not commended she wants to do it very nice, but she's not commended. So when she says such words, that's obviously not correct, not true. It's called the Sheker Belashon Chazal. And over here, the, the Rabbeinu Tam takes it and says, over here as well, it would be a Sheker. A person is not allowed to say things that are not correct in his mouth over here. She, she's saying, commended us. He didn't commend you. You're a woman. He didn't commend you. You're free from doing those mitzvot. That is the reason. And one would look at things like that as not being able to say. What does women come in? So he says, that, no, women are permitted to say the bracha. Why? Because when you say, it doesn't mean that HaKadosh Baruch commended her privately or women privately, but rather Klal Israel. Women don't look at themselves as an individual sect and HaKadosh Baruch Hu commended them. No, they don't mean them personally. It means Klal Israel. Did HaKadosh Baruch Hu commend Klal Israel to sit in the sukkah, to blow the shofar, and so on? Of course he did. And therefore, doesn't go necessarily on her, herself privately, independently, but rather it goes on Klal Israel. On Klal Israel, we're saying that Akadosh Buhu indeed commend Am Israel, because of that, one is permitted to say the Bachash Akitanu It's a beautiful way of looking at it, but the Rambam says that no. The Rambam argues and says that a woman is not allowed to say such a bracha because of the reason we explained. And because of that, we found a big machloket, Faradim and Ashkenazim, where Ashkenazim are permitted to say the bracha, and that's their minhag. Whenever they shake the lulav on Sukkot, they take it and they say the bracha and they shake it. Because Faradim, they don't say the bracha. They're permitted to fulfill the mitzvah. They're not permitted to take the, the, the mitzvah with a bracha. Now, I just want to point that normally you, there's a Yerushalmi that the Poskim bring la'alacha. The Yerushalmi says that kol min A person that does something where he's not commended is considered a idiot. Idiot means a simple person. Like you have Kohen Gadol and Kohen Idiot. Kohen Gadol is the Kohen Gadol and all the others are simple Kohanim. So a person that does something that is not commanded to do, how could you do something where you're not commanded? Again, it goes to the same argument we said before. We think the Torah is not perfect. You need to add to it. It's enough that a person would do what the Torah says. Lord Daicha, the Roshan, he says, Lord Daicha, Masha, Sarti Alecha. 
שעוד אתה עושה דברים על עצמך, נורמלי, ספרי מוסר, אתם סמלות ישרים, goes in length in explanation, how could a person take upon himself restrictions that are not the right restrictions, which means the Torah already forbids everything. And now you want to forbid more things? Is a person permitted to forbid himself? You think that if you take, a, if you, if you take upon yourself certain restrictions, so you'll be a little bit more elevated, more spiritual. Are you allowed to do such things? That's so simple. Because it was not so simple. It's a whole sugiya. One should look at Mishilat Yisrael. We spoke about it uh, in the past a few times. But this is the Yerushalmi. And the question comes right to the core of this sugiya. When a woman is not obligated to do, to say, and to count, even without a bracha, even without a bracha, if she wants to obligate herself and say the, the mitzvah, say the counting, who says that she's permitted? Maybe she's not permitted at all. That's an extra thing that the Torah did not uh, allow you to do. But on the other hand, we found other places that the Torah says that the Chachamim tell us otherwise. We see that there is such a thing that a person that's not commanded to do something is permitted to do it, and he gets rewarded for it. But if he counts the Omer or she does a certain mitzvah that the mitzvah does say, she'll get rewarded for that mitzvah. Just the person that's commended gets more reward. Why is that? The spot explains in Kiddushin, because the person that's commended, he also has the worry. Like, for instance, a person that now knows that he needs to say Spirat Omer, he didn't count yet, or he needs to pray over it, he didn't pray yet. Yeah, it's a burden on him. It's a certain burden. When you carry a burden on your shoulders, so that itself deserves of a reward. That's something that a person needs to constantly think that I didn't still yet fulfill my obligation. It's a certain burden you constantly carry with all the mitzvot. But a woman doesn't have that. She feels like she wants to uh, stand up and start uh, praying uh, mincha. She stands up. She, she doesn't want. Nothing happens. So it's a nice thing it's, uh, what she's doing. But it does, the fact that she's missing that obligation, that burden of carrying it on her constantly and having that worry constantly, that by itself is enough not to receive that extra reward that a man does. And that is something that we found throughout. Whenever a person is obligated, it's called mitzvah A person that's mitzvah says the worry itself, the, the, the burden itself, gives you an extra reward. But a woman is permitted to do mitzvot when she's not uh, obligated. She's permitted. How is it not? Hapatumina davar. There's different ways how to answer this. There's a gra that explains that it depends if what you are not obligated to do, it has a meaning or it doesn't have a meaning. Some things don't have a meaning at all. You do them without any meaning. person that wants to uh, wash his hands uh, for bread. Chachamim told us up to where you want you have to wash your hands. Person wants to be extra religious and he washes his hands all the way to the the, the whole arm. Why? He wants to be extra pious, extra kadosh. Is that something? No, that's called patumin adavav idiot. It's it's nothing at all. You're making uh, lesanut of yourself and of the Torah. But 
when is it that you say that you are and you should, and so on, that is when you have such an opinion or reason to be machmir. If there's an opinion in the poskim that tell you that there's a sad to be machmir, very nice, you want to be machmir. It's a beautiful thing. And a person that, for instance, find a reason, without an opinion even, but find a reason to be machmir, he doesn't want to fall into a certain isur, he doesn't know, maybe it is isur, maybe it is mutar, even though, let's say, there's a task to permit something, still he wants to be machmir, chachamim tell us that be'emash, it's a nice thing, it's a good thing to be machmir, not to eat it, which means, normally, you go to the meat store, and you buy meat, perfectly fine to eat that meat, but, Let's say you had a piece of meat that there was a question on it. So they called the rabbi, the rabbi looked at it, and he decided after searching and looking that it's permitted. He permitted it. That's called Be'emasho Rabba Chacham, which means it's not a hundred percent. There's something over here that still it's kosher, you can eat it, no problem, and I'm gonna get punished with but is there is it is it a hundred percent? Something over here is not a hundred percent. There was a question here. Now, such a thing that was a question, although it was resolved to be permitted, there is a tzad to be machmir. Cheskel was machmir. The, the, the pasuk appraises him that he was machmir on such things. So this is basically the gra explanation that you have two kinds of chumrot. One is without any reason to be machmir on that. And another with a purpose. Very good. Now that we know that, the woman, when she says the Sfirah, there is a purpose. A, there is something to it. Chachamim did say that Gadola which means if she does it, there's something to it. She gets rewarded. The woman wants to get rewarded. Why not? Even a goy, Rambam says in the Chod Melachim, if he wants to do the mitzvot of the Torah, he's permitted. And he gets rewarded for that as well. Again, but he gets rewarded. You have a certain guy that decided, you know what? I want to do a certain mitzvah of the Torah. Some things he's not allowed to do. He's not allowed to keep Shabbat. He's not allowed to uh, learn Torah. But those that he's permitted to do, he wants to do them. He wants to take a lulav and he wants to shake it. If a guy wants to do such a thing, that's, that's the Ramam says, something that he would get rewarded for. So he sees that there is such a thing. When we come to our sugiya, it's interesting to note something that in yeshivot, it's very, it's very known when it comes to speak about Svirata Omer, the Sfarim, there's no sefer that doesn't speak about this Chidushei Ramban. Chidushei Ramban says something that takes everybody by surprise and all the achronim, where they come to answer these questions with Lomdes, and there's a lot of different answers to this. One can find them in an interesting sefer, Yuna Moadim. A few, few different ways of how to answer. The Ramban says, Very interesting Ramban. Ramban on that Gemara, that quotes the Mitzvot of Tertas Man Gama, he says, the Sfirat Omer is Mitzvot that's not bound to time, which means a woman is obligated in such a Mitzvah because it's not bound to time. It's not Mitzvot Very interesting Ramban. How do you answer such a Ramban? So the most famous answer, the most famous answer, and the easiest to understand, 
is the answer of Libre Ichaskel um, that answers basically very close. He says an answer very close to an answer that we found in other Sparim, for instance, Davne Nezer. Davne Nezer says that since you start counting the Omer from the second day of Pesach, so the, the Avner Nezer, it's a different answer than, than the Divrei Cheskel. Let's see the difference. The Avner Nezer says that since you count from the second day of Pesach, it's not that you count from a certain date. The Torah didn't tell us count from the 16th of Nisan. This is where you should count. If that would be the case, they would be mitzvah to say, but the Ramban says, no. It's not that the Torah says a date of when the counting starts, but rather the Torah says that one counts from the second day of, um, of, of Pesach. So what does it mean, mimachorat hashabbat? Mimachorat hashabbat, it means very clearly, well, we explained already the, the shiur, what's mimachorat hashabbat. Mimachorat hashabbat means from the second day of Pesach. Means from after Pesach. That is that is um, the way Chachamim were mekabel. Now, this that we're saying, is after Pesach, which means that there's a certain link to Sfirat Omer with Pesach. Otherwise, why did the Torah put wrapped it together? It put it together with Pesach. There's a mitzvot of Pesach, and one of them is second day of the Chag, right, right after the first Yom Tov, you should start counting. What's the connection? Says Davne Nezer, that this is part of the mitzvah of Pesach. Counting the Omer is part of the mitzvah of Pesach. It's linked to Pesach. Because of that, it's considered Lozman Grama. It's not bound to time. Why not? Because it's not a certain date. It's just part of Pesach, just like a woman is obligated in mitzvot of Pesach. A woman is obligated to eat the matzah, and a woman is obligated not to eat chametz. And the mitzvot of Pesach are also to women. One may ask, why is a woman obligated to eat matzah on Pesach? There's a gzara shavah to two, and that's, that's to sukkah. And over here, there's a, there's a hekesh pro, for, uh, for chametz, just like a woman is not allowed to eat chametz, she's obligated to eat matzah, and then you expand that to uh, two, two, fifteen, fifteen, to Sukkot as well. It's a limud that Chachamim uh, learned from the Psukim. But whatever it is, we see that in mitzvot of Pesach, a woman is obligated, just like men. If that is the case, says Avnei Nezer, that this is part of that mitzvah. It's called the mitzvah of Pesach. It's not a mitzvah of Pesach. The Dibar Echeskel says the same idea, but even twist. He says the Dibar Echeskel, that it's not that the time is is something that obligated the mitzvah of counting the omer. No, it's the fact that it's the second day. He doesn't say that it's connected to Pesach, but he says that if the Torah commands, when is it mitzvah to Seshaz Mangama? When the Torah commands you on a certain day, you have to do the mitzvah on that day. Blowing the shofar is on the first day of Tishrei. Uh, shaking the lulav is on the 15th day of Tishrei, and so on. When the Torah gives you a date, then it's a mitzvah to say But when the Torah doesn't give you a date, the Torah just says, whenever you bring the korban, whenever you harvest and bring the korban omer, that is 
when you should start counting. So that's not bound to time. It's bound to the korban. Korban is bound to time. It's secondary already. That's not considered bound to time. It's nice to mention something very, very interesting along those lines, and that is the, the Magen Avraham that says, that why is it that women don't say bracha on Birkat uh, Levana, what we call Kiddush Levana? The Halacha says in Taf Kaf Vav that women don't say bracha on Kiddush Levana. The, the Nashim Pturot says, uh, says the Halacha. Why is it that women are patur from Kiddush Levana? Says the Magen Avraham, because it's a mitzvah to say Shazman Grama. It's a mitzvah to say Shazman Grama. Kiddush Levana is a certain time. It's for the time that the moon is... Uh, is, is, is a certain way, until the time that the moon is uh, uh, half in the sky, which means that there's a certain time of when uh, the mitzvah is. And since there's a certain time, it's called mitzvah tasesh asmangama. Women are not obligated in that mitzvah, although, says the Magen Avraham, women could fulfill mitzvah tasesh asmangama, like, for instance, this sukkah. But over here, it's a little bit worse because they were pogem de levana. They were the one that caused the moon to have that, that pogem, that it's not full. Why is it not full? Because of the women. So because of that, they, they're not shayach to that mitzvah. But in reality, they could have said the bracha. But since it's mitzvah to Shazman Gamah, they don't say it. Now, the Chokmach Shlomo, the Shlomo Shklugel, says a very interesting uh, argument on the Magen Avram. I'm reading you inside. It's a beautiful argument. He says like this. Ra'en Magen Avram, shekatav shebrikat ha-levana ve-mitrat ha-se-shazman gama, nashim p'turot, v'chatav ken b'shem ha-shla ha-kadosh. U'ledati, says Rav Shlomo Kluger. Listen well, it's very interesting. Zehu tamua me'od. He says it's a wonder what he says. Elo inyan klal le-mitrat ha-se-shazman gama. It's not a mitrat ha-se-shazman gama. There's no connection, he says, to mitrat ha-se-shazman gama. It's not connected to a certain time. The klal zeh, the rule that the Torah taught us, klal of mitzvah to seshas man gama, neemar rak b'mitzvah de guf ha-mitzvah shaykh ha-tamid, b'chol inyan v'chol zman, kegon b'masah, b'sukah, b'lulav, v'chadomeh, v'mitzvah zeh v'char l'itkayem b'chashvan, k'mo b'tishrei v'iyar, k'mo b'nisan, v'afar p'tiken amra ha-Torah, sh'b'mimenu chayav, u'mikan v'elach patur. That is mitzvah to seshas man gama, which means like this. A person could take a lulav any time during the year. 365 days a year he could take a lulav. But the Torah limited it to a certain time. That's called mitzvah taseh shazman grama. A person that wants to sit in the sukkah. He could sit in the sukkah, build the sukkah 365 days a year and sit in it. Torah says, no, do it only on a certain time. But when we're talking about the levana, the levana has nothing to do with the time. It has to do with the shape. When it came to a shape that it's visible, it's seen, whether it's, whether it's from the third day, as the Ramah says, the third day after the Chidush HaLevana, the Molad, or after the seventh day, as the Shulchan Aruch says, that is the, from, the, from the Chidush of the Molad. But whatever it is, now the Levana is shining enough that one could say the Bracha on it. But is it bound to time? Does it have to do with the calendar? It has nothing to do with the calendar. The Torah doesn't, the Torah, Chachamim, they're not saying to you a certain time of when you could say it. It has to do with the shape of the Levana. Says the Rav Tom Kluger, that is not called Mitzvah Taseh Shazman Grama. Same idea, more or less. We're using over here that 
over here, the Torah says that one should count the Omer from the time that you harvested. Does it have to do with time? The Ramban says, no, no, what does it have to do with time? It's not a certain date on the calendar. It's from the time you brought the Omer. That's how the Divya Cheskel explains it. Ah, yes, it comes on a certain time only. It's that date that is on the 16th of Nisan. So how could you tell me that? Yes. But that is the time you, you, you bring the Korban Omer. The Omer of Yechem, it's Omer Atenufa. That is the time you bring the Omer. But it's not the time that the Torah obligates you to count. Then Torah obligates you to count from the time you bring the Omer. It means it's secondary. This is not bound to time. This is bound to the bringing of the Omer. The Omer is bound to time. We don't say and ex- extend that also to the counting of the Omer. It comes out like this, when we're talking about women counting, are they supposed to come, they're not supposed to count. We already said that according to the Kabbalah, they should not count. Sfaradi women don't count at all. They just don't count. They're not, according to the Kabbalah, they're not shach in the mitzvah, and they shouldn't count. But there are those that do count, Ashkenazim, and over here, when we're dealing with Ashkenazim, if they count, then they have a question, do they say the Bracha, as I explained before. According to Shulchan Aruch, according to Sfaradim, even if a woman says, you know what, I don't go like the Kabbalah at all, I go only like the Pshat and this and that, still, you don't say Bracha, because this is the way the Shulchan Aruch was protected, like the Rambam, the women don't say Bracha, not such as Mangama, but... When we're dealing with Ashkenazim, that they do say Bracha Shazman Gama on Mitzvah Tosheh Shazman Gama. Over here, if they want to say the, 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 the counting and they want to say a Bracha, Bracha comes out to be a little bit problematic. As I explained before, in Ilkhot Havdalah, the women don't say Havdalah if they don't have to. When a woman uh, wants to say Havdalah, she's permitted to say Havdalah, only she has no choice. Her husband is not home, she's not, uh, she's not, she doesn't have a husband, there's nobody else that could say it. But otherwise, if there's, there's a man in the house, he should say Havdalah, because the reason I explained before, it's something that only words and words themselves don't deserve it of that halacha of mitzvah um, say that a woman should, uh, should do. Because of that, it comes out to be a question, but it's not that the Magen of Ram wrote that women already obligated themselves in Sfirat Omer. It's an interesting uh, insight. The, the, the Sefer HaChinuch, the Minchat Chinuch, asks on this Magen of Ram, they obligated themselves. How do they obligate themselves in something? It becomes an obligation when a person wants to uh, do something. But that's the way it is. The Magen of Ram says that they obligated themselves. If they obligated themselves, could be that that itself... Is, uh, is something that pulls a bracha. That's a question for Ashkenazim. Sfaradim definitely don't say a bracha, and it's much better that they don't count. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for listening. And Bezat Hashem. Bezat Hashem. Bezat Hashem. Bezat We'll meet again. Rabbi Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Zun. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.